0: Real Cuff Radio is about to begin. Everybody loves a hero. I believe there's a hero in all of us. Welcome to Real Cuff Radio. And we've got an author of a book called From a Scum to a son on tonight and I actually went to hear Doug Stringer preach and Doug told me, you need to hear this guy. He grew up a Hindu and his name is Joel, Joel Shunamung. Is that how you say your last name?
1: It's a uh, Shun Mugam. And then
0: also Wayne is also on tonight too
1: yeah i'm right here
0: but basically joel and let let you tell your uh story growing up and you know let you go from there
1: awesome awesome thank you thank you so much Todd, for this uh privilege and honor of uh, uh giving this opportunity to share god's goodness and yeah basically i was born in a, a hindu family born in singapore raised uh, as a hindu um many years I, I got saved when i was 26 years old my My parents and my entire family were staunch Hindus. We uh, worshiped all gods. I think there was a specific God for every need that we had. If there was wealth, we needed, we had a God. If we needed uh, education, we had a God and all that kind of stuff. I grew up in a very awesome Hindu family. Actually, they were all good people, no big issues of any kind. They had a, a regular childhood like anyone else. And then life began because in Singapore um, you would have to uh, go into the national service. It is a requirement. Once you turn 18, you have to go into the national service. And there was there was in the national service, um, fresh from high school, into um, in the navy in Singapore. And yeah, it was it was not easy uh, being a soldier not as a soldier of Christ, but soldier for a nation, it wasn't easy. The training was was hard, and it was, it was crazy. And there were times I uh, was confined in the, in the camp, like for so, uh, uh, not shaving or didn't tie your boat lays or stuff like that. I was confined, and when I was confined in the camp, I was actually bored. I didn't know what to do. I mean, of course, I did do my regular rounds where you, uh, carry your M16 and walk around the island and clock some hours. But besides that, I had lots of hours to kill, and I also had specific guys in company in my company who were into uh, drugs and smoking and stuff like that. So, in fact, my first experience, yeah. So, I was confined in the in, in my camp and didn't have nowhere to go, and I had a couple of my friends who were starting to do. I mean, who. But I really started smoking and stuff. So I started smoking my, I smoked my first cigarette and then started drinking and then eventually started doing um, weed and graduated into heroin. So um, it, it, it was a mess because uh, one of my officers in the Navy was actually uh, into drugs himself. And so I was uh, sort of had the freedom to 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 smoke weed and, and, and do heroin at, at at the same time, and my life became a mess. Completed the navy without getting into any kinds of trouble, and I look back at it now, and I know it's completely hand of God. It's it's um, it's the grace of God. A couple of my friends in Singapore have been hung for drugs. Uh, some of my friends have even committed suicide because of hallucination. And um, most of them, I guess, they're still in prison, 18 to 20 years uh, in in prison. They're all for drugs. And yes, I used to, my parents were great people, but unfortunately they had to move me out of their own home because I started uh, stealing to, to support my addiction. I started selling passports, jewelries, and whatever you may, whatever you may think of. I started selling it for drugs and I became a, um, I wasn't needed in the family, I guess. And I was the last last guy in a family of six. My parents uh, decided to send me to my relatives home, my sister's home. But wherever I went, I started doing the same thing and they didn't want me because I was causing trouble in their family. My dad, my parents were actually very desperate to, to see me set free and, um, I was even sent to a jungle in malaysia where deep in the woods where i was sitting under a, a guru who was teaching yoga and meditation i did all those stuff i was in the jungle for two years in malaysia and nothing changed nothing changed i mean i of course i didn't have the supply of heroin but i used to <laughs> i used to run out of the jungle i don't know how i made it but i just got out into another town and managed to find drugs and i sneaked back into the into the jungle again where I used to stay and it kept on going and nothing nothing of helping at all and one day my sister who came across a teen challenge uh, she she's still a Hindu today up to today as I speak to you and she said you know what I think we have to now send you into this Christian halfway house I think you you're becoming a, a problem to all and it's it's not right, all of us are being affected, you've been manipulating us, you're stealing from us, so I think we've got to send you into the program. But as soon as they said that, uh, I call it emotional blackmail, so that is where I I reverse, sort of reverse psychology, I started telling them, you guys don't love me, that is why you're sending me away, hoping that they will still keep me at home, but they were too strong, and I'm glad that they were strong, because that's when they, uh, persistent in selling me into Teen Challenge. So I went into the program in Teen Challenge uh, September 2nd of 1992. And then one day there was this uh, preacher, I can't remember his name, September 16th at about 12, 13 afternoon. He started preaching and something deep within me began to just pound my heart. And I was wondering, how does this guy know about what I had done? At least did I know? It was the, the Spirit of God that began to just uh, tuck at my heart, and before I knew it, I just raised my hand, went to the altar, and just just started crying and crying and crying, but I was brought up as a child and told that <laughs> men don't cry, but yes, and here I was just crying and crying and crying, and, and I knew that God was doing a deep surgery in my heart, and my and yeah and then i was because i was still in the programming team challenge and this, and the guys were looking after us the supervisors were actually even uh previous drug addicts themselves so there wasn't any excuse that i could give them because if god had done great work in their life then i've got no excuse so i began to sit under their supervision guidance i was told to take care of a farm which I had no idea of and God just began to minister to me about the weeds and the hard ground and plowing and shifting and pulling out weeds and stuff and I began to just grow little by little little by little and I gave an opportunity for my uh my supervisors to speak into my life and they started teaching me guiding me correcting me even disciplining me rebuking me, rebuking me with the truth and And that's when my life just began to turn a little by little little by little at a time and things began to change but when I was still a Hindu I used to do like shoplifting in Singapore Uh, I've been close to being I even attempted suicide once because I had enough of hurting people I just wanted to end my life I almost jumped off a ten-story building and my wife Ruth who's actually small in stature she she's a small lady, yet she, uh, by God's strength, she was able to uh, pull me out of the window. So, when I look at all these things in my life and where I am right now, um, helping people uh, currently uh, as a pastor in Vancouver with um, Ignite Life Ministries here in uh, New Westminster in Canada, it just it just blows my mind. But the amazing thing is that while I was doing drugs as a as a teen as a young adult, my my dad my dad was a, a drug counselor it just blows my mind that my dad uh, who was actually counseling drug addicts didn't have any clue that I was into heroin until later on and yeah and I used to see a lot of uh, drug addicts come to my home and my dad would used to, to to counsel them and, and, and yeah it, it was it was a crazy sight at that time but they didn't have any idea of what I was going into And about 10 and about 10 or 11 years ago, my uh, I remember the seeds that were planted in me uh, before I got saved. My sister in United Kingdom, her name is Esther, she paid me a visit before I went to, into Teen Challenge. That's when my life was really in a mess. And she came to me and she told me about Jesus. I, I just basically told her off. I mean, who is who, Jesus? What is Jesus? I have I've nothing to do with him and I don't I know idea. All I need is money and you're telling me that you're going to pray for me? Because I was in trouble because I stole my brother-in-law's bracelet and I pawned it for drugs. I sold it for thousand over dollars and I pawned it for drugs. And I don't know how, where the money went. <laughs> Lost all the money and I came back home and my the brother-in-law said he wanted to report me to the police. But up to that time, I did not have, I've been into the. I was caught for housebreaking and stuff. I've been into jail for two weeks, three weeks at a stretch. But I've never been caught for drugs at all. And my brother-in-law said that since he knew that I stole his uh, jewelry, he wanted to hand me over to the central narcotics bureau in Singapore. And I, and I started pleading with him and I said, no, 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 please, please don't do that. So I called up my sister who was at that time still in UK, United Kingdom. And she said, I, I will pray for you. So I just hung up the phone on her because I said I needed money and he said, you're going to pray for me. And then within two weeks from the time she spoke to me about Jesus, I got saved, September 16th. When I looked back at it, I got saved. And then when I put things together, I realized that it's it's the power of prayer, that she began to pray, she began to travail on my behalf, standing between the living and the dead, and she began to just call upon the name of Jesus, and and God just um, put me into a position that I I had to hit rock bottom, because I believe that when we hit rock bottom, there's nowhere else that you can see. You can't turn to the left or to the right or below, but they can only look up and um, yeah I looked up and I guess that's when Jesus just came into my life and, he, and he's still uh, ministering in me there's so many areas of my life that is still at work I'm still under uh, construction I guess and long story long story short but then what happened my wife and I we decided to come to uh, Vancouver Canada way back in 1997 uh, I felt the Lord leading me into a Bible school in Vancouver, we came here and when I went to the Bible school, I completed it, came out of it, and I had no idea that one day I would be a pastor. In fact, I, I joked to the congregation, I said, "Your pastor has got a past." So I know I know where I've been, what I've been and I have a, I have a deep passions who are uh, stuck with all kinds of addiction and life controlling issues, and especially as a Hindu, I know it's not easy for a Hindu to become a Christian because we are more concerned about what our parents would think about us, and on the day of the funeral, who will do the last rites for us? I, I, it, it's not easy. But then again, it was it was God who brought me back to minister to my dad on his, um, on his deathbed. I remember it was 11 years ago since my dad passed away, and I left my dad to the Lord about 11 days before he passed away. Because I, I held on to the, in fact, I, I miss him so much. Yesterday was Father's Day, and I was sitting back and just thinking of what, what we had gone through. And what a, what a privilege it is for God to use me as as, as as a messed up guy. I'm still a mess for Jesus right now, but when I was messed up in the world, God still used me, showed me his grace, his unconditional love and his uh, long suffering. He waited for me to turn back to him. And I, and I entirely know that I didn't choose him, he chose me. And I decided to just uh, just walk with him. I had no idea where I was going, but I was just, then I realized it was faith. And yeah, I had an opportunity to minister to my dad and he got saved and 11 days after that, he passed away, and I know that this is not a coincidence at all. And right now, I know that my dad is rejoicing in heaven, and he's so pleased, and he's uh, just cheering me and my and my family on. And I and I know that the day will come that I'm going to sit with him and and chat forever and ever. So I'm so glad that God is he'll still using me even today as I pastor this church, bringing the lost, the blind, and all kinds of people to yeah into our midst and beginning to just uh, use me and my wife to uh, touch lives and deliver people from all kinds of addiction. So I'm, I'm blessed and honored to be serving God. Any, any questions?
0: All right. I, I want to ask something about your book. Uh, yes. It's your autobiography. It's your, your story, right? I, I understand that it's, it's been translated to Hindu also, right? Tell us about it.
1: The book, the book has not been translated into Tamil, but it's, it's written in English. And uh-huh. in that book, I, I do mention about, Uh, What I did as a Hindu, um, one of the things that I did as a Hindu was uh, for five years, every year once, we have this uh, festival, which they call as Pusam, where what we do is that we carry, um, it's a 80 to 100 pound stainless steel thing that you carry on you with 108 spikes going into your body. With uh, 21 lemons hooked on to your tie on each tie, um, 21 uh, lemons hooked on, and you're going to carry this and walk for five kilometers, uh, bringing all the milk and all that to. Point at the feet of uh, Lord Subramanim. He is one of the Lord Morgan is another name for him. You gotta bring this milk and all that to point at his feet, hoping and believing that he will set you free. Yeah, that is that is mentioned in my book. And then when I got saved then I realized that I didn't have to go through the pain because I had a God who sent his son to go through the pain on my behalf. So it, it is just mind blowing because in only as a Hindu, I felt that I had to strive. I had to do things myself to be saved. But when I got saved, this whole picture came into was so crystal clear knowing that who am I to, 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 pay a price.
0: Your, your family, you still have family in Singapore, right? Cause I see the name, uh, yes. I think it's a law uh, minister. It's pretty much in the in the news with the same that, last that, name.
1: It's a same last name, but we're not we're not related. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, I related. thought maybe Father. be a brother or something. <laughs> all right. No. The uh, my family, my, my siblings, were all. I mean, up to today, they're all of uh, in good standing in the world. And, and and one of them is a public prosecutor. One is a pilot, and all those things. I'm I'm the only pastor at this time, and I'm still praying that that. I'm I'm still holding on to the promises for me and my household we will serve the Lord so I'm just holding on to the promises of God yes
0: now how long did you say when your sister prayed for you how long was it before you got saved
1: over two weeks two weeks
0: I mean that that should just give hope to any mom or or brother or sister listening to this
1: two weeks exactly
0: you know if they would just just start praying I I don't think enough people are praying for their family members anymore
1: absolutely absolutely and i remember my my sister when she started praying she was only about two months old in the Lord, and in fact my transformation um, increased her passion for jesus and her prayer life changed dramatically because she believed more in the power of prayer when she saw chains fall off her brother's feet (laughs) so it was just simply amazing
0: yeah there's hope in all of us in jesus right
1: Amen, amen.
0: I, I um, thought I'd read it someplace in some place in your stuff. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, and and that is why, especially living in Vancouver, it it, it just breaks my heart to see the homeless <clears throat> people who are into addiction and and stuff. I'm I'm just hoping and praying that you know that that is all we that we want to live for, to see the lost come back home, to know that there's hope, and that that we don't need to live life the same way. The way we start is different, but the way has to and the way we end has to be different. So. Keep praying for us, for us as well as we, uh, yeah, beginning to pray that God will use us to to touch lives here.
0: Well, speaking of prayer, would you mind praying over the audience? Um, you know, especially sure. especially anybody that is is Hindu, you know, that their
1: mm-hmm. eyes would and you know, whatever. For sure, for sure, for sure. Father, in the name of Jesus. I thank you, God, that, that that you're an awesome God. I thank you that you are still a deliverer. You are our stronghold. You are our help in times of trouble. So right now, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every single person who's here. Hearing this this message right now that they will know without a shadow of doubt it's not by might it's not by power but it's by your Holy Spirit I pray for a willingness to be created in their souls right now Oh God I pray that everyone who's who's being stuck as a Hindu Oh God who's still struggling for a breakthrough in the name of Jesus. I come against the spirit of religion and we destroy it right now. I pray that God will show your grace and your mercy and you'll embrace every single listener who's listening to you with your everlasting arms of love. I pray that they will feel your tangible presence, oh God, all around them. Oh, God, I pray that you lay your hands upon their soul by faith. I release your touch upon each one of them who are crying in secret. Father, we know that your eyes are all over us. You are watching us, oh God, wherever we are, and you know exactly where we are at this moment. So touch every single person, oh God, every mother who's crying out for her son to be delivered from every addiction, every sister who's crying out, oh God, for her brothers to be saved and to be delivered. I pray for every one who's crying out for a husband or oh, God to be set free from bondages whether it's pornography or as uh, heroin or weed or alcoholism in the name of Jesus may you touch them I pray that you, you will even touch them baptize them with the spirit of prayer may their prayers be heard by you because I know that you keep your word you're not a man that you should lie so Lord touch them in the name of Jesus and empower them Oh, God, may you put words in your mouth, and most of all, I pray they will comfort them and let them know that the best is yet to come, and you are still in the ministry of seeking and saving the lost. We give you all the glory, all the honor that only you deserve, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
0: Well, amen, and I want to
1: thank,
0: thank you for coming on, Joel. And thank you. I'm going to say you so much. That, that's a wrap.